Welcome back to our study of the Psalms. In this session, we're going to be talking about the fact that the Psalms are for the church. That is, they're for Christians. They're meant to be read and studied and known and more, as we'll see. So uh, we looked before at how the Psalms tell the story of Israel. And then we looked at how the Psalms point us to Christ and are fulfilled in Christ. In this session, we're going to, again, walk through a different doorway and see how the Psalms are meant for us. They're meant for the church. They're meant for Christians. Now, lots of Christians don't know what to do with the Old Testament. And they're just parts of the Old Testament that are hard for us to understand, uh, let alone know how we should apply or if we should apply or how we should respond to what we're reading. And so the Old Testament is difficult, but the Psalms seem to be an exception to that. They are the book of the Old Testament that uh, Christians seem the least uh, troubled by or have the least trouble uh, trying to understand. And, and one of the ways we know that is because oftentimes uh, when someone is, uh, let's say, giving out a Bible that's not the whole Bible, it's just the New Testament, um, that oftentimes included with the New Testament is the book of Psalms. But no other book, sometimes Proverbs too, uh, but it's significant and interesting that you don't usually see the New Testament and Genesis, right? Or the New Testament and Exodus or the New Testament and Isaiah. What you see is the New Testament and the Psalms and maybe the Proverbs. Despite that, though, I still think that Christians don't make as much use of the Psalms as we should. Uh, it's, again, the book of the Old Testament that um, Christians seem to go to the most, but I still suspect that we could go to, and perhaps even should go to, the Psalms more often than we do. And we're going to see why in this session. So, first of all, we want to notice that the Psalms were written for us. What I mean by that is that the Psalms were not written for the Jews and not for Christians, and we just happen to get, you know, some things out of them, but they're not really for us, right? They were written for those people who lived in the Old Testament times, right? The Jews of the days before Jesus. But now that Jesus is coming, we have the New Testament. We don't really need the Psalms, and the Psalms aren't really for us. They were for a different time and a different people. That is simply not the case, and the New Testament itself makes that clear. In Romans chapter 15, Paul is instructing the church about how they should respond to one another, how they should treat one another. And he says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let us please, uh, excuse me, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Okay, well, that sounds good, but why should we do that? Well, Paul tells us, for, well, because Christ did not please himself. That we should act this way because Jesus acted this way. Well, how do we know that Jesus acted this way? Paul goes on. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. That's a quote from Psalm 69. What Paul is saying, in other words, is the Psalms tell us that Jesus took upon himself our reproaches 
Uh, he suffered for our sake, in other words, in our place. And so that means we should be willing to suffer. We should be willing to endure hardship for the sake of others, because that's what Jesus has done for us. We are followers of Christ. We should imitate Christ. And this is what the Psalms tell us about how Christ acted, how Christ lived. And so then Paul explains that the reason why that quote from the Psalms matters for us is because it was written for us. It's written about Christ, but for Christians. Here's what he says in verse 4. He says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Now, when he says, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, he doesn't mean everything that was written that's old. He's specifically talking about the Old Testament scriptures, because he just quoted from the Psalms, right, which is a part of the Old Testament. And so he's saying those books that were written in the past, in former days, that are scripture, that are God's word, they were written, he says, to the church at Rome for our instruction. They're meant to teach us. The Psalms teach us. The Psalms instruct us. We're meant to learn from them. In this instance, we learn about what Christ did. And from learning about what Christ did, we learn about what we should do. But there are lots of ways. This is not the old, this is one example of how the Psalms instruct us. And Paul says more generally, the reason why he could make this specific point in this specific way is because in general, the whole Old Testament and the Psalms he's mentioning here in particular, or quoting here in particular, were meant to instruct us, to teach us. And not only to instruct us, but also to encourage us. So he says, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. Why? That through endurance, which probably refers to our endurance or perseverance in putting into practice what we've learned from the scriptures, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So the, the scriptures encourage us. They build us up. They remind us, this is what you're called to. This is what Christ did. This is why Christ did these things. These are the promises that God has made to you. This is how faithful God is to keep his promises. All those things we are reminded about and encouraged by from the Old Testament scriptures, from the Psalms in particular. And so we should read them, learn from them, practice them, be encouraged by them because that builds in us hope, right? Assurance, confidence about what God will do in the future. So the Psalms were written for us. We should not neglect them. We should not ignore them. We should not assume that's only for people who live back before the New Testament. No, the Psalms are for us as well. And Scripture tells us in particular something we should do with the Psalms. It tells us we should sing them. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, it says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So here's what it means to be filled with the Spirit, or what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. One of the things that it looks like to be filled with the Spirit is that you address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. In other words, we sing in such a way that we speak to one another. So when we sing in church, we sing to the Lord. Of course, he talked about that at the end of that verse. We are singing and making melody to the Lord. 
but we also sing to one another, speaking to one another. Why? To build each other up, to remind each other of what's true, to encourage one another. And one of the ways we do that, Paul says, is by singing the Psalms. He says something similar in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So again, we are supposed to be singing the psalms, and that appears to be uh, something that goes hand in hand with having Christ's word dwell in us richly. If we're singing his word, then his word is going to be dwelling in us. It's going to be um, becoming a part of us. Right? And so uh, we're supposed to sing the psalm. Now, how do we do that? Well, in some traditions, uh, churches just sing the psalms themselves. There's something called um, a psalter, right, which is uh, where you take the psalms and you put them to music and you perhaps adapt the translation of the psalm a little bit so that it becomes uh, more uh, easy to sing, right? And maybe you make it rhyme or something like that. And uh, that is a way to sing the psalms. Now, I've never been a part of a church uh, that that did that regularly, um, but there are churches that do that. And um, it's something that goes way back in the history of the church. And just think about how much better we could know the psalms if we sang them, right? Um, second way we can do this is by singing hymns that are based on the psalms, right? Just sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Some of the songs that we call hymns are at least loosely based on the psalms, uh, sometimes quite specifically related to the psalms. For example, the hymn, Surely Goodness and Mercy, is based on Psalm 23. If you go and look at the words to that hymn, it talks about uh, the shepherd and it ta- the, the, the chorus about how surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That comes straight from Psalm 23. So that's a song that we sing that is in a way a singing of a psalm, a singing of Psalm 23. So that's another way we can do it. We can sing from a version of the psalms that have been put to music. Right? We can sing hymns based on psalms. You can also look for uh, Christian artists who have written songs based on the Psalms. Uh, Santa McCracken uh, has some of those. Uh, Shane and Shane as well have uh, more than one album where they have put some of the Psalms to music. And, and there are others. And uh, that's another way that you can sing the Psalms. And again, this is something that's been going on for a long time. In fact, um, Isaac Watts, who's one of my favorite hymn writers from hundreds of years ago, uh, he turned the Psalms into songs that were singable. He had his own version of the psalms to be sung by the church. So the psalms are for us. The psalms are meant to be sung. And then third and last, uh, we should also pray the psalms. The psalms are a um, rich right, source of Prayers. We know that there are prayers throughout the Bible. For example, you see Paul's own prayers in places like Ephesians, um, other of his letters. Uh, Jesus, of course, gave us the Lord's Prayer. Um, we have Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17. But the most 
uh, or the largest collection of prayers that we have anywhere in the Bible, of course, is in the Psalms. The Psalms, whether, whether you think of it as a song or a prayer, uh, is not really as different as you might think. It is a calling out to God, right? A, sometimes in praise, sometimes in petition, right? Sometimes uh, expressing all kinds of different concerns, uh, requests, and so on. But the Psalms are there to be prayed. And so how can we pray the Psalms? Well, uh, Donald Whitney has a, a little book called uh, Praying the Bible. And in that little book, he has a chapter devoted to praying the Psalms. And uh, his method that he encourages is really simple. Right? It's basically just read through a Psalm and anything that strikes you as something you could pray or that it reminds you about something to pray, pray that as you go through the Psalm. Um, he says, he has a great line where he says, God has inspired a Psalm for every sigh of the soul. Meaning whatever you are feeling or experiencing, there's a psalm in the Bible that will help you express that. Uh, Tim Keller has a book on prayer that was uh, really inspiring and encouraging for me in terms of uh, getting to know the psalms better. And uh, he talks about how he was diagnosed with cancer and uh, just recognized he needed to grow in his prayer life. And one of the things that he did was he, he went through the Psalms and summarized them and uh, did that so that he could more easily pray through them. And uh, he says, um, that enabled me, doing those summaries, that enabled me to begin praying through the Psalms regularly getting through them several times a year. So several times a year, he was praying through the entire book of Psalms. And he talks in his book about different ways that you can do that. Um, and again, very helpful, encouraging to make us think about the fact that we could not only pray a Psalm here or there, but we could pray through the Psalms. Um, the Book of Common Prayer is a book used by uh, the Anglican Church have uh, been in use for hundreds of years. And in the Book of Common Prayer, there is a plan uh, set out for praying through the entire Book of Psalms once a month. That comes out roughly to praying through about five psalms a day. So maybe three in the morning, two in the evening. Some of the longer psalms, I think, are broken up. Uh, like Psalm 19, of course, is broken up. Uh, probably over multiple days. But if you follow that guide in the Book of Common Prayer, you make your way through the entire Book of Psalms in 30 days. And so there are lots of ways that Christians have done this. Uh, there are lots of uh, paces at which you can do it. You can try to get through the whole Psalm Book of Psalms once a year, twice a year, uh, maybe multiple times a year, maybe even once a month, which would be amazing. Uh, but I want to encourage you to spend more time in the Psalms, to get uh, to know the Psalms better, and to make more use of the Psalms in uh, prayer. And I want to offer you two specific encouragements in that direction. The first one is to get yourself a copy of just the Psalms. And the reason why I encourage you to do this, it may sound strange, you think, well, I've, I've got a Bible with the Psalms in it already. And that's true. Most of us have multiple Bibles. But I have found this from personal experience, and I can't remember who recommended this or, or how this got started for me. I think it was through Tim Keller. But anyway, 
I have found just my personal experience that having a separate copy of the Psalms makes it much easier and much more likely that I will turn more frequently to the Psalms. Uh, the little copy of the, of the Psalms that I have, um, there's almost nothing else extra in it. No notes, hardly at all. Just the number of the Psalm and the verses, and that's about it. There's very little else in there. And so it's very easy to read it without being distracted. It's very easy to find because I'm not having to search through a whole uh, big fact Bible to get to it. Uh, not that that's hard, but it's just enough that having it separate makes it that much easier and that much more likely that I'll turn to it regularly. Uh, so I encourage you just to, to try that. Uh, try getting yourself, and there's all kind. There's everything from little paperback versions of the Psalms uh, to really nice leather-bound versions of of just the Psalms and and things in between. So uh, I just encourage you to to give that a try. If you are at all interested in spending more time in the Psalms, getting uh, to know the Psalms better, spending more time praying through the Psalms, get yourself a separate copy of the Book of Psalms. Um, and then the second thing is to make reading or praying or both through the Psalms, a more regular part of your life, your Bible reading, prayer time, practice, whatever that may be. Uh, if you get that copy of the Psalms, put that wherever you spend time reading the Bible or spend time in prayer, whether that's in a particular chair or on a particular shelf or on the dash of your car or truck or w whatever, put it somewhere where it's easy to get to uh, and where you're likely to, to sit down or stop and have some time to pray and have that there so it's easy to access and you'll remember to do it often. And then decide what pace you want to go through the Psalms. Maybe you want to decide to read one Psalm a day. Uh, maybe you want to decide to read uh, three Psalms a day. If you read one Psalm a day, you will easily get through the Psalms twice in one year, even if you miss some days. Uh, if you decide to read three psalms a day, you'll get through the whole book of Psalms seven times in a year. Or if you read five psalms a day, uh, as in like the schedule of the Book of Common Prayer, you'll make it through the whole book of Psalms 12 times in a year. Now, I've made it through the psalms uh, a couple times in a year, uh, and I think I've done that a couple of times, and uh, it has made a difference. I know the Psalms much better than I did just a few years ago because of getting that copy of the Psalms, making that a more regular part of my uh, Bible reading or prayer time. And uh, I encourage you to try to do the same. Now, I've never made it up to, you know, five Psalms a day. I want to. That's, that's an aspiration. That's a goal. Uh, but I encourage you, wherever you are in your reading of the Psalms, <clears throat> try to make it a little more frequent. Uh, what better time than as you're perhaps going through this study of the Psalms with us, to become more familiar with the Psalms, not only through this study, but through your own personal reading and time in prayer. So that's my encouragement to you, whatever it is, one Psalm a day, a uh, couple Psalms a day, three Psalms a day, maybe even five Psalms a day. Make the Psalms a regular part of your reading, a regular part of your praying, and see if you don't come to not only know the Psalms better, but come to know the Lord better through that time in the Psalms and see if it doesn't um, enrich your prayer life. Don Donald Whitney talks about that, I think, in his book, about how 
using the words of the Bible, and the words of the Psalms in particular, to pray will enrich the way that we pray, the things we think to pray about, and more. So I encourage you, spend more time in the Psalms. They are there for you. God bless.